and this is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Topic of today's podcast is called Reading the Dance with Joy. Now, sometimes it seems like all of life is a lesson about reading instruction. And recently, I had a big lesson. In our community of Mankato, Minnesota, a local dance studio, Dance Express, put on a Dancing with the Stars competition to raise money for the American Red Cross. And I was selected to be one of the stars. And full disclosure, I'm not really a star of anything. Despite my delusions of grandeur, I'm just an old literacy professor who loves dance. My total dance experience consists of high school prom and a polka dance here and there, but I love dance. So when I got the chance to work with a dance pro and put together a dance routine, I was thrilled. Fast forward now to the day of the show. I was driving home from dress rehearsal thinking about the joy that I was feeling. The whole dance experience was better than I had imagined. From start to finish, it was a joy. That's the only word I can use to describe it. Joy. Now, flashback to 1965. There I am sitting in a Sunday school at Faith Lutheran Church in Grantsburg, Wisconsin, and we're singing the song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And I don't really understand the lyrics, but they tell me to sing, so I do it. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Now it's 2024 again, and I'm still driving home from dress rehearsal in my Ford Focus. And for the first time in my 66 years on the good planet Earth, I understand what that Sunday school song means. The lyrics make sense joy. Except it wasn't Jesus who put the joy, joy, joy in my heart. It was dance. Maybe Jesus is dance. Maybe dance is Jesus. But instead of sitting in a church all those years, I could have been going to a dance studio. That's where the joy is. And now I've stepped out of time and I'm just thinking about things. And I realize that sometimes when you're working things out in one area, you're actually working them out in another area. And when you're learning one thing, you're also learning another thing. And things you learn in one area apply to other areas. We don't exist in singularity, you see. We exist in a system of interconnected and interacting, interdependent systems. And that's simply a way of saying, I only thought I was thinking about dance when I was driving home from the dress rehearsal that day. But when I was thinking about dance, I was really thinking about reading instruction. And it took me a while to figure that one out. So let me explain. 
about the reading dance. You see, children are developing humans. They are human beings. And humans have these things called emotions. Emotions are physiological responses to stimuli. <clears throat> you can feel these emotions in your body. And there are six basic emotions. Happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, and surprise. All other emotions are variations of these six. <clears throat> and as adults, we can feel these emotions in our bodies. Sometimes our emotions even make us sick. And children can feel them much more so. We are emotional beings more than we are logical beings. But children don't have the logic, you see, to sort out their emotions like adults. Now let's look at emotions and human evolution. Emotions are a good thing. It's what makes us human. And the six emotions that I described have enabled the evolution of our species. And they helped humans survive in a very hostile and primitive world thousands of years ago. Happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, and surprise. Every emotion serves a purpose. Happiness is pleasurable. It's a reward that keeps us coming back to do pleasurable things. Sadness and disgust keep us from doing certain things. Anger sometimes causes us to take action. Fear prevents us from doing things. And surprise makes us respond quickly without thinking. Emotions lead to behaviors that strengthen the social order. And a little aside here. Some people think that competition and survival of the fittest is what enabled our species to survive, to evolve. And well, they're kind of wrong here. It wasn't individual competition that enabled our species to evolve. It was cooperation. Not the strongest individually, but the strongest together. It was the social order, the ability to cooperate and work together, and a willingness to help others that enabled humans to leave the trees and to survive on the plains of the savannah. Cooperation. Now let's take a look at emotions in human learning. There is only one emotion that's good for learning, and that's happiness in all of its derivations. And joy is a derivation of happiness. Joy is pleasurable. Humans are rewarded by their emotions for doing things that bring them joy. They tend to repeat these behaviors. And fear keeps us from doing certain things. Fear of failure, fear of humiliation, also things that make us sad or unhappy keep us from doing certain things. And being forced to sit in a chair and perform like a trained seal 
in one of these structured literacy classes creates sadness, boring, and boredom and frustration. It keeps us from wanting to do that thing. And what the science of reading zealots fail to realize is that we're teaching children who just happen to be developing human beings, who happen also to be emotional and social beings, existing in a socio-cultural context. And we read and we emote with the same brain, and it's silly to think that one would not impact the other. Positive emotions enhance learning. Negative emotions impede learning. You can take that to the bank, baby. There is plenty of research to support that. Positive emotions enhance learning. Negative emotions impede learning. So we can say with some confidence that creating a positive emotional environment in which there is social interaction, there is safety, and there is joy is a research-based strategy. However, we can't use controlled experimental research to prove this in an authentic classroom experience because that would mean subjecting a control group to a negative emotional environment. To deny children what they need for healthy emotional and social development would be unethical. So we can't do that experiment. And let me say that again. To deny children what they need for healthy emotional and social development would be unethical. Yet, the science of reading zealots justified doing this very thing by claiming certain practices to be, quote, research-based, unquote. These research-based practices deny what we know about emotional, social, and cognitive development. And teachers are forced to use scripted curriculums, one-size-fits-all reading programs, instruction based on orthographic mapping, and decodable books, all to produce a temporary small blip on some measure of reading subskills. And I say, where's the joy? Where's the joy in reading? Literacy like dance should be born of joy. Literacy is a pleasurable thing. Most humans read because they find pleasure in it. Humans also read to get information. Getting information can be pleasurable in and of itself. However, the information acquired and the knowledge constructed leads us to the furtherance of other pleasurable acts or desirable things. Reading is a pleasurable act until we make it less so. And science of reading and structured literacy instruction makes it less so. Now, most humans write because they find pleasure in it. They find pleasure in using language to create art. They find pleasure in sharing ideas and experiences with other human beings using writing. 
and they find pleasure in using writing to connect and form relationships with other human beings. And also the ability to transmit ideas efficiently and effectively leads to the furtherance of other pleasurable acts or desirable things. Writing is pleasurable until we make it less so. The science of reading and structured literacy instruction make it less so, make it much less so. So here's the lesson. To make reading occur, do less of what makes it less so and more of what makes it more so. But where's the joy? Flashback, 1995. I'm finishing up my PhD program at the University of Minnesota. And for the last three years, I've supervised hundreds of students in practicum and student teaching experiences. I've been in hundreds of classrooms in and around Minneapolis and St. Paul, and I've seen the classrooms that work. I've seen the reading workshop classrooms in which there is joyful literacy, in which children are reading books, talking about books, writing about things. It's a safe, comfortable environment. And there is joy there. And the teacher is joyfully interacting with students. And direct instruction takes place, but in the context of reading real things and writing real things. Children's growth is documented. Flash forward a little bit, it's 2005. I'm in Mankato, Minnesota. It's my 10th year at Minnesota State University in Mankato, and I'm teaching in the Department of Special Education. I'm the literacy expert here, used to teach the reading methods course. And I'm supervising students in a literacy practicum at an elementary classroom in Mankato. And I'm in a resource room. And the teacher here is trying to work with a third grade student to teach a reading lesson. And the lesson is just not working. It makes no sense to the student. It's boring, it's abstract, and it's frustrating. And the student is made to feel like a failure. So the student communicates in ways that children do when they can't elucidate their thoughts. Children communicate with their behavior. And this student is going nuts, going crazy, out of control. And my students who are there watching, and I can see what the teacher is doing. With this top-down skills-based approach, we can see that it's highly ineffective. And we can see that what's happening here borders on cruelty. The teacher is trying to force compliance on that student. But talking with the teacher after she says, I know this is inappropriate. The district makes me do this. The district makes me do this. I wish I didn't have to. 
even though she knows that's not what's best for that student, even though that student is exploding before her eyes, the district makes her do this. That, my friends, exemplifies the science of reading. And my science of reading, friends, that encapsulates the horror that you are inflicting on many students. Also, that some publishing company can make profits. And again, I ask you, where's the joy? Where's the joy? This has been the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson.